Koinonia, a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit and transformation by the principles of God's kingdom. expression in my life. Begin to pray it. Every single thing that he paid for must find expression in your life for he paid for your salvation he paid for your redemption from sin he paid for your intimacy with the spirit of god he prayed he paid for you to be rich that through his poverty you might become rich he paid for your oneness with him every single thing jesus died for must find expression in your life the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus came that you may have life and that more abundantly. Lift up a cry to the Lord and say, Everything you died for finds expression in my life. Ropotolega Shataya, Ipreketelemanda Balagadasha, Eprate Anadaya, Yanadaya, Jetebali Anadabaye, Anadishadaya, Ipreketelebadi Anadaye, Yenadine Shabalabaye, Yanadaya, Yanadaya, Yenadina Lalabarakataye, Yenadine Badiana Blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind, spirit of victory. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> 
We want to see you like a mighty Russian wind. We want to dwell under the shadow of your wind. We want to see you like a mighty Russian wind. We want to dwell under the shadow of your wind. We want to see you. We want to see you. Like a mighty we want to dwell. We want to dwell. We want to see you. We want to see like a mighty Russian wind. We want to dwell. We want to dwell under the shadow of the wind. I'm seeing in overflow two. In overflow too, I command that spirit of oppression and affliction. There's someone in overflow too, a strong sense of depression and whispering spirits as if the whole of hell has been unleashed on you. Suggesting that you should terminate your life. As we sing that song again, the hand of the Lord is judging the hearts of hell fighting you. Overflow two. Spirit of victory. We Hallelujah. One last prayer and then we sit. Oh Lord, every challenge that followed me here tonight, it ends here tonight. In the name of Jesus, begin to pray. We are in the second half of the year. Every challenge that came with you to this place, it leaves your life now. In the name of Jesus. Repotele de rebo, shede bali gada gaza ya. Zenta bala gada bala gada baye. 
Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want you to turn to one or two people and say, get set for a shift, get set for a turnaround. Put your hands together for Jesus as you take your seat. Overflow one, overflow two, overflow three. Can I hear you shout hallelujah? Glory to Jesus. Welcome once again to another powerful time in God's presence. It's a time of encounter. It's a time of transformation. It's a time of demonstration where the supernatural power of God will bring supernatural solutions to your challenges. It's a time of impartation and distribution of gifts and graces. And it's a time of fellowship. If you're excited to be in the house of God, can you put your hands together for Jesus? <laughs> Hallelujah. Our Father in the Lord, God sent man to us. I thought you would clap. Our Father in the Lord, Apostle Joshua Selman sends his greetings, sends his warmest love. I think we should celebrate Apostle in absentia. Let's celebrate him. What a grace, what a wonder, what a man, what a gift, what a system. I tell people all the time, Apostle is proof that God loves this generation. Apostle Joshua Selman is proof that God has a plan for this generation. Let's celebrate grace once again. Hallelujah. You can take your seats. Apostle sent his warmest love. And I trust God that the covenant of Apostle will speak. And the portals he has opened for us will flow. In the name of Jesus. By the grace of God, today, I will be speaking on mastery. Tell your neighbor, say mastery. The power of mastery. Mastery. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. Let's read it together. And if a man also strive for, yet is he not crowned except he strive, except he strive, hallelujah. By the grace of God, one of the things that will be happening during this ministration is that God will be guiding us into living a life that is intentional. God will be guiding us into living a life where we excel deliberately. Say deliberately. One of the things that God will be doing is that he will further usher us into a life of intentional, deliberate excellence and success. How? Through a thorough understanding and a constant reminder and application 
of both the laws of the spirit, spiritual mysteries, and the laws of life. So, one of the things you can trust that God will do is God is going to be reminding us once again of the spiritual mysteries and the natural laws that guarantee a life of intentional, deliberate, sustainable, and ever-increasing success. By the grace of God, Apostle has taught us severally in this house that we do not serve God because of benefits. We do not serve God because of what we will get. But it is a consolation and a confirmation that of a truth we are serving God aright when results show up. So we agree that whether God blesses us or not, we will serve him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 lets us know that this book of laws, this book of laws shall not depart from out of your mouth. Why? What did it enjoin us to do? But we shall meditate upon it when? And so during the day, what am I meditating on? The laws. At night, what am I meditating on? If I'm meditating on the laws of God by day and by night, when do I find time to worry? When do I find time to say I'm finished? When do I find the space to complain to Momo? If my job as a believer is 24-7 constant meditation. Tell your neighbor, say constant meditation. The landlord brings a rent notice, eviction notice to you, acknowledged and received, but my meditation continues. The medical doctor gives a medical report to me, acknowledged and received, but my meditation continues. I see a result in the scoreboard, and I see carryovers, acknowledged and received, but my meditation continues. I am too busy meditating to focus on other things. The storm was raging. Peter was walking on water. As long as he kept his eyes on the master, on the living word himself, the storm lacked the capacity to pull him down. Sometimes the problems will not go away. We will meditate our way out of them. So I am called to be a full-time meditator on the laws of God. Daytime, I'm meditating. Nighttime, I'm brooding. When I wake up, thank you, Jesus, for your laws. This book of laws shall not depart from out of your mouth. And the purpose of meditation is not preaching. I don't meditate so I can find two Greek words, one Hebrew word, one Aramaic to come and bamboozle the body of Christ. The purpose of meditation is for what? Close observation. When you meditate to preach, you have meditated, but you have missed the point. When you meditate to share, you have missed the point. 
we meditate to carefully observe and to do according to all that is written therein. What is the purpose of the meditation? God has put a guarantee, manufactures warranty and guarantee that anybody that gives himself to constant meditation of the laws, constant observation of the laws, and constant performance of the laws. What is the consequence? Let's read it together if you are a Christian. For then thou shalt make thy way. We do not serve God for results. But if we are truly serving God, results must come. I'll say that again. We do not serve God for results, but if we are truly serving God, what must happen? Results must come. Because God is giving a guarantee. I hope you know this is God speaking directly to Joshua in an encounter. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have what? So let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, precious saints. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. The Bible there says, Also a man, and if a man also strive for what? Strive for... So how do you strive for mastery? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 has shown you how to strive for mastery. The first thing to do if you want to strive for mastery is what this book of the law shall not depart. Because the Bible says that yet is he not crowned except he strives how? Full of laws. So a man that will be crowned is a man that is what? Full of laws. When Apostle is teaching, Apostle will just be downloading mysteries. 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 Apostle has taught us before that if you lack direction, if you get to a crossroad and you are confused, there is a law, a provision in the ordinances of God for granting a man clarity. Trust in the Lord with and lean not on your own in all thy ways and what is the consequence of obeying this law? He will direct. Apostle gave it a name. The law of acknowledgement. So I can never be confused. I thought someone would say it. I can never lack direction. The Lord is my... I shall not... If you are getting blessed, say I'm blessed. So when we want to strive, we need to ensure that the compendium of laws is at hand, accessible. The Bible says the labor of the fool, where yet every one of them, not because they are not laboring, they are laboring without knowing the way. Likewise, a man that is striving for mastery, you have seen the crown, you have seen the price, you have seen that God, the plans he has for you are plans of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. But God is saying, 
except you are pursuing based on laws, you will not be crowned. What is mastery? Mastery is a state or position of authority. A state or a position of authority. Superiority, dominion, and command. Mastery is a state of superiority, a position of authority, dominion, and command. So when you see a person who is striving for mastery, he's striving to assume a state or a position of authority. Unquestionable. The centurion said, I am a man under authority. I say to one, and he goeth. I say to another, come, and he so when you say to a situation, go. And the situation is negotiating with you. What do you need? More laws. Mastery. Yes or no? If you cast out a devil, out in the name of Jesus. And for whatever reason, the devil is trying to play hanky-panky with you. You show him the law. All power in heaven and on earth. Yes or no? Say mastery. A position of authority. Speaking concerning Jesus, they looked at him. They said, what kind of man is this? He speaks with such... He did not expect refusal. When he met Legion, say we are many. He said, whether you are many or you are few, go. They wanted to intimidate Jesus with their size. And Jesus looked at them and said, are you joking? He now started to negotiate. Because that's a man of authority. Who wants to get to a place of authority? Complete authority. It's a place of dominion. Dominion is a place of command. Acquired, so I'll take like a master is a state of position of authority, superiority, dominion, and command. Acquired through skill, dexterity, proficiency, and knowledge of an area, subject, or activity. So mastery is acquired. Nobody is born a master. The Bible says, and Jesus grew. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Jesus did what? Grew. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. As a consequence of growth, he found favor with and with man. So mastery is acquired. Nobody is born with the Bible in their head. Whether they call you Emmanuel at birth or they call you Jesus, if Jesus went to the temple to study under the rabbis, you too, you must acquire mastery. Tell your neighbor, say, acquire mastery. Mastery is your birthright. Mastery is your, is your, is your potential. Mastery is a possibility in God, but it is acquired. Bow your head very quickly and say, open my eyes, Lord. Show me what I must do to gain mastery. 
Mastery is such an enviable state. Mastery is such a desirable state. Open my eyes, Father. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something, precious saints, people of God. In this life, you will either have dominion or you will be dominated. There is no middle. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil. So the devil is seeking mastery over your life. The devil is seeking dominion over your life. The devil is seeking rulership and ownership over your life. So the only way of escape is for you too to rise to the challenge and come to a place of mastery. No two ways about it. You either gain mastery over life or life will gain mastery over you. Next time a person says, why Lord, why me? Why me? Because you failed to gain mastery. It's a simple reality. It's a sad truth. So we must take responsibility for mastery. And there are four important areas that every believer, amongst other areas, there are four important areas that every believer will need to gain mastery over if he will gain certain measure of mastery in life. They are not exhausted or exhaustible. There are many other areas. But Apostle has taught us in this house that there is the sequential arrangement of truth. For truth to be beneficial, truth must be approached sequentially. Remember the analogy that he gave when he taught on ancient patterns. That if you give a little child stockfish, or you give a little child unkwobi cowtail pepper soup, it is enjoyment for an adult, but it is suicide for a baby. Yes or no? So, in view of mastery, there are certain sequential areas in your life that you must strive for mastery. Anybody that ignores mastery in these four areas will never thoroughly gain dominion, command, authority in life. Rather, life will master him. So what are these four areas that a believer must contend and strive for mastery in? The first is what I would like to call mastery with God. Mastery with God. At first, I wanted to call it God mastery. But it didn't sound too nice to me because it looked as if we were trying to dominate God. And we live in a very digital environment where things can be taken out of context. Amen? Before they cut a little clip. Amen? The Bible says, let not your good be... So it's not enough to speak truth. You must speak truth in a way that truth appears to be true. So I edited it to mastery with God. But ideally, I wanted to call it God mastery. The secret place. Let's look at the book of Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 24. 
Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 24. But let him that, let's back it to verse 23. Apostle has taught us this scripture before. Verse 23. It says, Thus said the Lord, let not the wise man glory that he has mastery in wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory that he has mastery in might. Let not the rich man glory that he has mastery in riches. But let him that glorieth, glorieth in this mastery, that he understandeth and knoweth God, that I am the Lord. Precious saints, people of God, I am here to submit to you that if any man is going to gain mastery over life, the first thing he must seek to gain mastery over is mastery with God. Mastery with God. Tell your neighbor, say mastery with God. Let's look at the book of Psalm 25 verse 14. While we keep our hands there. A man can know God. In fact, this is our greatest purpose and pursuit. To encounter and know God. Our greatest purpose and pursuit in life is to know God. Why? Because the secret of the Lord are with them that fear him. Psalm 25 verse 12 and 12 to 14. Let's read verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. See mastery. And his seed shall dominate the earth. But there is a reason and a basis for this possibility being made manifest in his life. Because the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Tell your neighbor, say mastery with God. Let him that glorieth, glorieth in this, that he knows and he understands God. I think it is a privilege for God to give me the opportunity to know him. I think it is a privilege for God to give me the opportunity to understand him. Great men rarely grant access. I can't wake up today and say, I want to see Alhaji Aliko Dangote just like that. The greater a man is, the greater the protocol surrounding him. But our God is so humble and loving that he said, as great as I am, I am offering you the opportunity to know me. Not just to know me, to understand the unsearchable God. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Say mastery with God. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 22 to 30. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 22 to 30. We're going to go through it very quickly. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to 30. This is the story that Apostle has taught us many times. The power of encounter. The generation that seek the face of God. O God of Jacob. Bible says that Jacob rose up that night. He took his two wives. He took his two women servants. And his 11 sons. 
Say mastery over fruitfulness. So when a man strives for other types of mastery and ignores mastery with God, you will carry over that course. So you will come back. This is a blessed man. Yes or no? Let not him that is rich glory in his. We are telling you, calm down, seek God. You have an NPC job. You don't want to seek God. My brother, the storms of life will come and shake that job. God created storms to vindicate those who paid the price to seek him. It will not be fair for me to stay back with God. Then somebody ignored God. Then the person has built his own house. Remember the story in the book of Luke. But he built it upon the sand. Why then did I wait? So God sends storms to compensate and vindicate those of us that stayed to seek him. To prove that the more excellent way is seeking God. So those storms will come. Tell your neighbor, say, storms are coming. Seek God now. Wisdom says, seek me early while I may yet be found. Jacob is even fortunate that he had where to pack two wives, two concubines, and eleven sons. May God not allow storm meet you when you have not sought him. Next verse. Very quickly. He sent them over the brook. He sent them all that he had. You don't come to see God with accolades. Who are you? How rich are you? The castle of all the thousand hills belong to him. Chief doctor. Ejimi is seeking the Lord. You must be silly. You come empty. You are worshipping God. You are the CEO. With your 1,000 pound Angelo Galasso. So you can't go down. God is clothed in light. Or oh, can't go down with that shirt. You don't see God with baggages. You drop them. Say mastery with God. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 28. That's the area of emphasis. Apostle has taught us many times. You can listen to the message, the secret place. Many other messages where he has taught on this. This is God speaking. God looked upon the earth and saw a man that proposed that he would seek God. God says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thou what? God could not say power over God. It was, but even God had to acknowledge. You see why I edited it from God mastery to mastery with. But even God had to acknowledge. He said, Jacob, truly you are now Israel. For anybody to contend with me and to gain mastery, you are truly a prince. With God and with and has prevailed. Can you prevail with God? Abraham was negotiating with God. God wanted to destroy a city. Say, how can I do this without telling my friend Abraham? Abraham now started to negotiate with God. Does God know you enough? Can you negotiate with God? Have you thrown everything aside to seek God's face? Every time miracle service holds, or every time apostle ministers outside, he tells them to bring prayer requests. 
complicated and assorted cases and they drop it an apostle will kneel down or lie down on it which song will he sing my altar is calling you oh god my sacrifice if you want to sing it sing it my secret place my 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 hunger, my hunger is calling you. My sacrifice, my can your altar call God what have you put on that altar what have you let go of that God looks and says I have to answer him God loves everybody, but God doesn't trust everybody equally. Your sacrifice determines the trust. An apostle will call on God. And the testimonies will prove that God heard him. Who wants to seek mastery with God? That you can say concerning this matter, if I call on God, he must answer. Of course, when we call, he answers. But there are certain demands you can't make on God. Not because you don't want to. If you make it, you can only cry for mercy. Sacrifice has not brought you to the level where you can confidently say that God will do this for me. So why not? If he has invited you to know him and to understand him, and if all it takes is to let go of your accolades and your accomplishments, the law of surrender, and to seek him desperately. So that like Jacob, one day God will look and say, Ejimi, your name shall no longer be Ejimi. And God will call you the name he called you from the foundation of the earth. Abraham became Abraham. Encounter. Abraham became Abraham, encounter. Where God redefines your identity and says, as far as this scope of operation is concerned, if you call me, I will answer. God speaking to apostle, he said that a day came when God said, I have given you my presence as a gift. Say mastery with God. Calling you, oh God, my sacrifice is calling you, oh God, my hunger, my hunger, my hunger, my, hunger. my, my secret place is calling you. 
Take my praise, take my Hallelujah. To gain mastery with God, you must have a healthy secret place. And a healthy secret place is one that has the following qualities. Number one, brokenness. Say brokenness. To gain mastery with God, you must have a healthy secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 90 and verse 1. And I will say of the Lord. So we speak from the quality of our secret place. And the health of your secret place is determined by the following factors. Number one, brokenness. Say brokenness. Psalm 51 verse 17. Psalm 51 verse 17. Psalm 51 verse 17. Psalm 51 and verse 17. The sacrifices of God. Because wherever there is sacrifice, God will answer. So what are the sacrifices of God? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. So if your sacrifice, if your secret place wants to call God, if your altar wants to call God, there must be brokenness. Brokenness is an acknowledgement, an unashamed acknowledgement of your frailty, humanity, and dependence on God. Brokenness is an acknowledgement of your frailty, your humanity, and your dependence on God. It is the unashamedness to declare and to live knowing that without God, you are finished. Knowing that without God, it's not that you will be finished. You are already finished. It's a state where you glory only in God. Psalm 51 and verse 10. Psalm 51 and verse 10. Psalm 51 and verse 10. That's seven verses before. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The next verse. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. This was David. After he just finished raping a lady and killing the husband of the lady. He knew that he was human. Even him, he looked at himself. When Nathan came and told him, look at what you have done. What did David do? Immediately. He knows that without God, he is what? Finished. I looked at what David did. I looked at what Saul did. In my eyes, David's own seemed worse than Saul's own. But David was a man of complete brokenness. You will come and tell David he did something wrong. David will say, oh Lord, I agree. 
Let me tell you something about brokenness. Brokenness is not until you wait for tragedy. You must maintain a constant state of brokenness before God. Where you are always telling God that without you, I can do nothing. You want to gain mastery with God? Show him brokenness. You want to prevail with God? Show him brokenness. John chapter 6 and verse 37. John chapter 6 and verse 37. John chapter 6 and verse 37. Sorry, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Matthew chapter 5 and 3. Let's see it in the New Living Translation. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Many believers are not broken. The opposite of brokenness is pride. The opposite of brokenness is pride. The Bible says in New Living Translation, it says, God blesses those who realize their need for him. Yes, is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses those who realize their need for him. Precious saints, everybody needs God. But it is not everybody that acknowledges their need for God. Say it once again. Say brokenness. The next feature that must be present in your secret place for you to know that you will gain mastery with God is yieldedness. Say yieldedness. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Yieldedness is a state of surrender where you submit your will to God. After realizing your need for God, which is brokenness, you must practice the art of surrendering your will for His. We have many believers who are broken. They are quick to admit that outside of God, they can do nothing. They are quick to admit that, oh God, I am nothing without you. They are quick to show their desperation for God. The challenge is they never move beyond brokenness to a state of yieldedness. The opposite of yieldedness is rebellion. You can be broken but not yielded. A broken man will always come to God. This is who I am. But he will never surrender his will to God. It's a state of surrender where you say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is speaking, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me. What makes a man come after God? brokenness you realize your need for God but it's not enough to be broken let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me precious saints we have to move from brokenness to yieldedness where we lay down our plans we lay down our dreams we lay down our ambitions to pick up the will of the Father. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding.
I'm not gonna hold back. The third thing that a healthy secret place must furnish in you is restfulness. Say that. The opposite of restfulness is worry. If you are a believer and you see yourself constantly exhibiting pride, you don't have a healthy secret place. If you are a believer and you see yourself constantly exhibiting rebellion, you don't have a secret place. You cannot have a healthy secret place and be rebellious. What did God tell you there? You know, we are in a very woke generation. We know our rights. Logicalizing everything. Rebellion. Restfulness is a state of peace and calmness knowing that you have been bought with a price and you are God's responsibility. I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours forever. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. Amen. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours forever. If you see my children, Seba and Jael, running around to look for their school fees, all in the name of establishment. Apostle told them to be, because he said, be established early. We ask them, what's the problem? Because at that age and stage, they have to be exhibiting restfulness. My daddy will buy me a aeroplane. And they say it with such rest. Tell your neighbor, say rest, rest, rest. You are not your own. You have exchanged your plans for God's plan. Oh yeah, calm down. Let God take control. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will do what? The level of worry, anxiety, and panic that you display shows me the health of your secret place. When you see somebody always fretting, they have missed many appointments in the secret place. What do you do when you get there? It's only you, Jesus, it's only you. When the bills come, it's only eh? I don't like the way you are singing it. I have a father that will never ever I have a father, he will never ever fail me. Jesus is my father, he will never ever fail me. He will never ever fail Single brothers will not sing it. But when you marry, and the Lord has blessed you with children like olives round your table, 
and your wife brings her bill and drops it. Your children bring their bill, they drop it. Your landlord brings the bill, he drops it. Your vehicle brings its bill, you drop it. You carry everything. I have a father who will never, never ever fail me. Ever. I have a father, he will never ever fail me. You dance before him. My father, he will never ever you hail him. Rock of age, he will never ever fail me. I have a father. Amen. Some of you here, you do it. Some of you will be going through a challenge. You ask yourself, should I text apostle? Should I not text apostle? When you send apostle text, and apostle says, see me tonight at Koinonia. You just smile. Because for apostle to say, see me, you know that power will change. Whether spiritually or financially. If you want to clap, clap. A healthy secret place will furnish restfulness in your spirit. And that leads me to the next feature of a healthy secret place. Joyfulness. The opposite of joyfulness is depression. If you have a healthy secret place, depression cannot be a constant feature in your life. What for? Joy is a direct consequence of the presence of God. Psalm, 1, 1, Psalm 16 verse 11. In the presence of God, there is what? Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Joy is our fetcher. With joy you draw from the wells of salvation. Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. I want to show you the power of joy. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Now, and at midnight, Paul and Silas did what? Prayed. After they prayed, they realized that something is missing. What did they do next? And they sang praises unto God. You are in a fix. You are in a challenge. Sing. If you can't start singing, play worship. Let others sing. It will enter you. You've done so much for me. I cannot tell you no. We say, If I had 10,000 times, it still won't be enough. We say, What shall I, what shall I render For he has done. For he has What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done, for he has done so very much for me. 
will stop. Let's put our hands together for this great God. A healthy secret place must furnish joy. Maintain an atmosphere of joy. If you are truly a member of this family, whether online or in person, by now your phones should be full of worship playlists, updated frequently as the wind of the Spirit moves. By now you should have a mobile device or an external speaker that you play. If you are just born again, you use headsets. Maybe because you are still trying to declare so that your friends don't say, ah, ah, since when? But after a while, you graduate from headsets to speaker. You blast it. Let them know. Amen. Someone comes and tells you how the economy is falling apart. He's hearing, you've done so much for me. You play it at your office very, uh, very low. He will carry his complaints elsewhere. Don't come and use your phone to spoil my own. Are you getting blessed? Say joyfulness. A person that practices the habit of brokenness, yieldedness, restfulness, and joyfulness will always gain mastery with God. Mr. A is grumbling, complaining, the economy, his health, his bills, everything is falling apart. Mr. B has the exact same challenge. But he's saying, if you don't help me, God, who will help me? Saying, God, I try to do it this way, but only you knows the best way. So brokenness and what? Yieldedness. Then the person is now using restfulness. God, talk, I've told you my own, no. I know you will do it for me. Are you not my God? You said a man that cannot cater for his household is worse than an infidel. You are not an infidel. I'm a member of your household. Ah! God will start calling Angel Michael, Angel Gabriel. He said, this guy is saying the right things. Then you crown it with serious worship. And God must inhabit the places of his people. So if I want to dial God's number, I press praise. Praise is God's phone number. And where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. Have you ever seen a president coming without his entourage? At his right hand side are pleasures. So when God is moving, pleasures are following. They 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 are following. Tell your neighbor, say mastery with God. Sit down for a minute. The fifth thing that must be featured in a healthy secret place is revelation for living. Say revelation for living. I've touched on that from the book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. But let's look very quickly at Luke chapter 24, verse 29 to 31. That's the story that I told you about where Jesus was speaking about a man who builds based on the word of God and his building is building on the rock. So when the storms of life come, they beat against what that man has built. But he built based on revelation. So what he built, last, Luke, Luke chapter 24 and verse 29. But they constrained him saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening. And the day is fast spent. And Jesus went in to tarry with them. Next verse. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat with them. So they made an environment conducive for Jesus. 
The Bible says Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. Nice verse. And their eyes were... You cannot have a healthy secret place and perpetually have closed eyes. If truly you are spending time with God, God must open your eyes. Look at verse 43. That's in Luke chapter 24, verse 43 and 45. Luke chapter 24, 43. Very quickly. And he took it and did it. So this is Jesus now with his disciples. Next verse. Then opened he their that they might understand the scriptures. A healthy secret place is a place where revelation for life is given. Luke chapter 4, 47 and 48. So a man is building upon the rock based on the words and the teachings of God, the revelation of God to his spirit. If you have a healthy secret place, you must have access to revelation for life. The opposite of revelation for living is ignorance. Ignorance. The word of God is the blueprint for building your life. This is established. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let's look at 9, 10, and 12. Precious saints and people of God, you cannot continue fellowshipping with God and God does not give you access to light. Now, this leads me to the last and final feature of a healthy secret place. Just keep it there. Results from obedience. A healthy secret place must produce the results of obedience. You can't tell me that you have a healthy secret place. You were broken before God. You were yielded before God. You were restful in his presence, joyful in his presence. He gave you revelation and insights for life. And you obeyed them and you didn't get results. No, sir. It's impossible. For this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you whether ye be what? Obedient in all things. Let's stop there obedient in what all things the proof of the, the purpose of revelation is action obedience a healthy secret place must produce the results of obedience exodus chapter 40 exodus chapter 40 let's look at verse 16 exodus chapter 40 and verse 16 thus did moses according to all that the lord commanded him so did he verse 19 after 19, we are going to 21. The B part, as the Lord, and he spread the tent as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 21. He brought the ark and set it up as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 23. He set the bread as the Lord commanded Moses. So every insight is for action, obedience. Let's jump to verse 33 and 34. Verse 33 and 34. Exodus 40, 33 and 34. He reared up the court around about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. Let's read that part together. So Moses finished the work. And verse 34, as a consequence, then and only then, 
a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. We don't serve God for results, but if we are serving him and obeying him, results are inevitable. So a healthy secret place must produce the results of obedience. And these results must be twofold. The first area where we see the results and the glory of God is in our conformity to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. So the first kind of result I need to see from a man who has a healthy secret place is the degree to which he is conforming to the very nature and stature of Christ. That's the first kind of result. If you have a healthy secret place, your life must be transformed into the very stature of Christ. So the first result is an internal re result. An inworking of the Spirit into conforming us to the nature of Christ. The second kind of result that we must see as a result of obedience is our demonstration to our world the superiority of the wisdom and the ways of God. A time T must necessarily come in the life of every believer where the quality of your life is such that it is clearly superior to what is obtainable around you. Our world must acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Psalm 112 and verse 3. So it's not enough for Christ to be formed in you. His principles, his character, his environment must be replicated around you. I say this all the time. Wealth and riches shall be in his and his righteousness endures. So that's a twofold result. One is an inworking of righteousness. The other is an outworking of wealth and riches. A healthy secret place must produce the results of obedience. Any man that allows his secret place to consistently feature these six things will gain mastery with God. You will become progressively the kind of person that can prevail with God. So the first kind of mastery we seek is what? Mastery with God. And these six features, if every day you wake up and you gauge your life, the quality of your brokenness, the quality of your yieldedness, the quality of your restfulness, the quality of your joyfulness, the quality of revelations for life, and the quality of your obedience and the results that it produces. Every day, if you pay attention to these things, precious saints, people of God, you will prevail with God. It is impossible for a man to demonstrate these features and God not to like him and God not to trust him. It is impossible. There are not many people on earth that have made a commitment to ensuring that these things are a constant feature in their lives. However, do you know that it is possible to gain mastery with God? To have a healthy secret place and yet still not rise to the highest heights of dominion and proficiency. 
Interesting. It sounds like a contradiction. How can a man sustain a very healthy secret place? Demonstrate these features. And for some reason, he rises. But he doesn't rise to the peak potential. You can't have a healthy secret place and not rise. It's impossible. The secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the honor of kings to search it out. When you search out the secrets of God, you become a king. So you must rise. However, you can pick. There are levels of altitudes where a helicopter can go. Or rather, where a jet can go, a helicopter cannot get to. Yes or no? But are both of them above the ground? Where a space rocket can go, a jet cannot go. But are both of them above the ground? That you are a helicopter in the spirit does not mean you are a jet. And that you are a jet does not mean that you are a rocket. So you can pick. And I dare to submit to believers because it is so strenuous to achieve a consistent, healthy, secret place in this world of distractions, sins, and weights. When a believer sustains the stamina to push through, he can get to a point where he doesn't realize that there is more pushing to be done. So he can look back Comparing themselves one to another, they are not wise. So what then can make a person with a healthy secret place still play too? That brings me to the second kind of mastery you must pursue after you pursue mastery with God. For a person to rise to the very heights of mastery in life, that person must go on to gain mastery over his mindset. The second kind of mastery that every believer must strive to have, after you are pursued and are pursuing mastery with God, you have to pursue mastery over your mindset. So the first one, for the sake of easy remembrance or reference, is God mastery. The second one is mindset mastery. Tell your neighbor, say mindset mastery. Mark chapter 7 and verse 13. A point came in my life when I saw many believers who I knew sincerely loved God. Who I knew sincerely sought his face. Who I knew hungered and thirsted after him more than anything else. And yet, they were not rising beyond certain levels. I'm a very inquisitive person. I am moved by results. So I had to sit down with the Spirit of God and say, why will a believer stop rising at a particular point. I remember having this conversation with Apostle and he shared certain things with me and that was one of the things that contributed largely to my understanding of this thing. Listen to me, precious saints. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says that I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Right? 
this is your reasonable act of it now says that we should not be conformed to the patterns of this world but we should be transformed by the renewal of our minds mind you he's talking to a person that has already laid his life as a sacrifice because it's a progression he's saying after you have practiced that habit of sacrifice there is something called patterns you know sometimes we think that those patterns relate specifically to negative and sinful patterns only worldly patterns some people have used it for dressing some people have used it for the way you talk but it's deeper than that it's deeper than that let's look at mark chapter 7 and verse 13 mark chapter 7 and verse 13 let's read this together if you're a christian making the word of god of known effect through your tradition stop there so there is something that can neutralize or limit the effectiveness of god's word in your life and it is called what tradition anybody that ignores the place of mastery over your mind in their walk with God is going to experience certain hard and rude shock in their life. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your reality is a reflection of your mindset. Let's look at Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. Numbers 13, 30. Numbers 13, 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. What happened to his colleagues that they had such a terrible mindset compared to him? Didn't they all come out of Egypt? Weren't they told of what God did by the Red Sea? Didn't they all eat the same spiritual food? Didn't they encounter the very many sides of the possibilities and potential of God? Read verse 33. Verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as what? Grasshoppers. And so we were. This is the part that makes it very funny for me. The person said, as we looked at ourselves, we were what? Grasshoppers. No problem. Abi? Dina said, and so we were in their sight question sir are you seeing yourself through their eyes the people didn't even notice you so they first said that when we looked at ourselves we were grasshoppers when they looked at us we were grasshoppers question if the giants had really seen them would they come back alive do you see how he projected his mindset 
on other people. And believers do that a lot of times. You were looking at me and I know what you were thinking. Is that I'm not on your level. Hello, sir. I was planning my day. I was just looking at you. I was not seeing you. I know what he was thinking. I know. I know. My dress is not fine enough. Hello, sir. Speak for yourself. Tell your neighbor, say, mindset mastery. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And then we pray. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now, unto God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we all Apostle has taught us this several times. Your thoughts are prayers. It's not just what you say that matters. What you think matters. Let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus. I'm going to show us a story. Look at the book of Acts chapter 10. Walk with me, people of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Next verse. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house. He gave much alms and he prayed. Verse next. He saw in a vision, evidently. Ah, see the quality of a man's secret place. Plasma, high definition. Oh God. I see your face, I prophesy. God needs to open our eyes. Clear vision, evident vision. About the ninth hour of the day. So his eyes were open. Not just visions, angelic visitation. And an angel of God coming into him. After that audible encounter, calling him by name, Cornelius. Don't tell me rich men can't see. I can be blessed. Billions in the account, yet my eye is open. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? Look at communication with angels. And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy giving. May God bless you to a level that your giving will provoke encounters. Solomon gave a thousand bond offering. God had to show up. It's not everything that prayers must deliver to you. Giving, giving, giving. And you can't give if you are not blessed. I'm not preaching about money. Let me come back. Say, they are come up for a memorial before God. Next verse. Now send men to Joppa. So apart from encounters, look at word of knowledge. With name and number. Because he says, send men to Joppa. Call for one Simon, 
whose surname is Peter. See, prophetic. Name, surname, address. Oh, God. Oh, God. Next verse. He lodged with one. Look at the quality of a man's secret place. Specific instructions. Whose house is by the. It's not today they started calling address. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Say, healthy secret place. Imagine if you could go to pray at the ninth hour and download the instructions for your next level. Your life will be stressless and sweatless. Oh God, who is my destiny helper? His name is Chief Dr. XYZ. He lives in Maitama, the third house in the second street. His best friend is so, 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 and so. This is his mobile number. Call him and tell him what I told you. Say more, oh Lord. And when the angel which spoke with Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier. So he had military bodyguard. Say, I can be blessed and still be highly prophetic. Wealth and riches are in his house. His prophetic endurance. So this is one man's healthy secret place. Agreed? Immediately the angel left. What did Cornelius do? Action. Because revelation for living must be proceeded immediately by what? Obedience that produces results. Immediately he stood up. Immediately he stood up. Now let's continue reading. Let's jump very quickly to verse 13. Acts 10, 13. I want to show you something. Acts 10. No. Acts 10, 9. Acts 10, 9. So this is Peter now. So the story of two men with quality secret place. With quality encounters. So look at Peter, Apostle Peter. Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. You see the level of consistency in these different men. The consistency of their secret place. Next verse. He became very hungry, would have eaten while they made the food. So it's safe to assume he was fasting. Or at least he had deprived himself of food. He fell into a trance. Look at the way encounters were just happening in those days. He fell into a trance. Next verse. He saw heaven open. A vessel was descended. Next verse. Next verse. So this is where God brought a spiritual encounter where there were all types of animals and he brought it to Peter. Right? And there a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. The same encounters, the same healthy secret place. Next verse. But Peter said, what did Peter say? Not so, Lord. Look at Cornelius. Every instruction Cornelius was giving, what did Cornelius do? When God showed the great apostle Peter, same quality of spiritual encounter, open heavens, trance, audible voice, what did Peter say? Not so, Lord. And what was the reason for refusing? 
I have never eaten anything that is common or he's saying I am not used to this my tradition does not capture this dimension of oppression so this is a man with a very healthy secret place what happens next and the voice spake again the second time so God is coming again with a repeat encounter how many encounters did Cornelius have how soon did he obey how many encounters did Apostle Peter have this is the second one and this time God is now explaining to Peter what God had cleansed do not call next verse this was done how many times how many times? Look at the health of Peter's secret place. Repeat encounters. And then the vessel was received up again. Verse 17. So the encounter has ended. Verse 17. Let's read it together. Now, while Peter... How many times did Peter have his encounter? After God did it three, Peter still, and what was the basis of his doubting? He had never done it. Say tradition of men. And then God now gives him a word of knowledge, right? And then what happens? Verse 19, the power of meditation. Pastor Alpha has taught us this before. He says, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. You can see another encounter, supernatural. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them. What, look, at the, look at the words the Holy Spirit used. He said what? Doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Why was Cornelius' own encounter so straightforward? No drama, no back and forth, but Peter's own. It was as if God was just carrying him like an egg, following him gently, yes or no? And who is the mature believer amongst two of them? So who should we expect promptness from? Tell your neighbor, say mastery over your mind. Verse 21, Peter went there. He said, I am he who you seek. What is the cause wherewith you had come? And they explained to him. Let's jump to verse 24. So Peter followed. He was doubting, but what did he do? He still obeyed. So they came to Caesarea. Remember, they sent escort two servants and one military officer. Tell him it was a ministry is moving. Oh God, my next level. Then you hear that a certain rich man has sent armed escort to personally shuffle you to his residence to bring a word. Tell your neighbor, say, ministry is moving. Is that not what you are looking for? Destiny. So is God answering his prayer? 
I'm tired of preaching without results, without compensation. Apostle says that you should go where your value is needed, celebrated, and rewarded. If they send someone with mobile escort from maybe the higher mighty quarters of power, Pastor Alpha, sir, to come and deliver a sent word, who you serve determines what flows to you. Yes or no? People bless you at their level. A man who brings military escort to come and pick you for a preaching engagement. We preach to all, but the reward is not the same to all. So was this an answer to his prayer? Answer me. Expand me, oh God. Yes or no? And Cornelius waited for them. Watch this. And had called together his and close. Ah, say VIP evangelism. Because the, the close friend of a rich man is a... So just imagine that hall. Imagine that house. We, are, we want to receive the ministry of Apostle Peter. We are flying him all the way. Hallelujah. And God had told Peter, do not call unclean what I have called. How many times did God warn Peter? How many times? He said, Peter, do not call unclean what I have called. Watch this. Now, Apostle Peter is coming with a sent word based on an encounter, a genuine man of God with a healthy secret place. Let's read it together. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Next verse. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Look at the heart of Peter. Some people, as the rich man has knelt before you, you say, Todd, that's it. Stay there. I hear millions, millions. Because a rich man coming to kneel before you, he has literally opened his heart. But Peter still maintained that discipline because it is God that sent him. He didn't come there for his belly. And as he talked with him, Peter went in and found many VIPs that we come together. May God take you to where your value is celebrated yeah. and rewarded yeah. in a way that will shock even you. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Next verse. I want to show you something powerful. Peter is entering the meeting. They've given him the mic. All the big men, the captains of industry, maybe a military general is there. Maybe it's the boy of the military general that went, right? The Bible says he gave arms, building projects. So maybe a building contractor, the CEO of Julius Beggar is there. And Peter climbs up and Peter collects the mic. And they're playing the worship music. And different CEOs, Cornelius called them and said, I'm bringing Apostle Peter to town. Do you mean it? All right, I'll postpone my trip to London. I'll be around. Yes or no? So everybody is seated. And he collects the mic. And the first thing he's about to say to the captains of industry, the big men, 
the destiny helpers, the next level connectors, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew, a fisherman that God has helped to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God, God himself will say, oh my God. Yes or no? He will talk to a Jamaican and say, Michael, 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 were you not there when I warned Peter? I warned him how many times? How many times? It's as if God said, Peter, I take God beg you. Do not call common what I have called. Peter's mindset did not get it. God cannot help you beyond your mindset. Even if he does, your mindset will frustrate him. The Bible says they limited God. Will God close his mouth? If God closes his mouth, how will he preach? So, now imagine the captains of industry. The guy that canceled his trip to London because Cornelius invited him and Peter now came and said, anyways, all of you are unclean, but honestly, God is the reason why I came here. Even based on what Apostle has been teaching us here about the law of honor, how we should be wise as he didn't say it after preaching for like 30 minutes. The first thing he said. Tell your neighbor, say, master your mindset. Before your mindset pulls you back. Next verse. Now, because of how desperate they were, because of the quality of his value, they continued. Nobody took offense. Nobody took offense. But look at a very instructive verse. Very, very instructive. Verse 34. This is Peter speaking again. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Is that true? Was he supposed to say it like that? Answer. Is that the best way to communicate truth? Some of you, God gives you a message. Remember the story Apostle told us about him and his prophet friend that was preaching in a bus many years ago. And he finished and I said, I now call on my apostle to round up. And apostle said, <laughs> was the person communicating truth? Is that the proper mindset to use to communicate truth? I say it again, that you have a healthy secret place does not mean you have worked on your mind. Now, watch this. Verse 44. Verse 44. Verse 44. Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> what do you think was going on in the mind of the Holy Ghost? Was, see, see, a time is going to come 
when these people will not listen to you, Peter, shift. And the Bible says the next thing that happened, what does it say? Verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. It didn't fit their tradition. It didn't fit their pattern. When God is going to do the next thing in your life, sustain the flexibility to allow him move. Many believers will not gain mastery in life because they are too rigid and too loyal to the things God did not ask them to be loyal to. Don't major on the minor and don't minor on the major. God used to walk that way. There was a season. But God is saying, I have changed my modus operandi. And God gave you a quality encounter. But the lack of flexibility. Now watch this. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Verse 47. Then Peter answered. Verse 47. Can any man forbid? Do you still see how he's thinking? The Holy Ghost has been poured. Look at the word he used. Can any man forbid? So he was trying to say that. I don't understand. This is supposed to be forbidding. He should have used the word, can any man permit? Is what I'm saying, blessing you. The Bible is given for our instruction. So all of them were still in the mode of forbidding. This is wrong. This should not be happening. Okay, my people, since the Holy Spirit has done this, can any man forbid? Question, why are you asking them? Are they the ones that sent you? Now watch this. They baptized them, right? Verse 11, chapter 11. It says, and the apostles and brethren, brethren that were in Judea, that's 11 verse 1, heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Verse 2. And when Peter was come up to the Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. Do you see how deep that tradition was? He didn't go alone. He went with other people. They were waiting for him to say, why did you do that? Next verse. And Peter, that went as it to men uncircumcised and did what? Question. Could it have occurred to Peter to bring Cornelius and those other VIPs back with him? Is it a possibility that God may have wanted to bring influential men of means to graft them into the church? Men who can use their influence to defend the body of Christ? But the mindset was so rigid. Peter was the most flexible of them all. So as we are saying this, we have to, let's celebrate Apostle Peter. Please clap for him. As hard as it was for him, he was the most flexible of them all. The Bible says that and Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning. He started to explain to them, explaining the Holy Spirit, apologizing for the Holy Spirit. So you see, honestly, 
It's not like I actually planned to baptize them. But you see the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, say, master your mindset. Don't let your mind limit God. This is so important. Some of us are so loyal to our past. Even as we are shouting more, oh God, as God is bringing more, because he's bringing it in a way and a manner that it is not the pattern you understand. You are fighting it. And you will pick. God will not stop using you. He will use you mightily, but he will use you within the limited framework you have given him. Let's move to Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. Never trivialize this thing of mindset. Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. Then 14 years after, Paul is speaking now. I went up to Jerusalem. This is Paul speaking. So, he took Barnabas, he took Titus. Now let's jump to verse 9. Galatians 2 verse 7. Uh, Galatians 2 verse 7. Galatians 2 verse 7. So how many years have passed since that time? A total of how many? Not less than. Not less than. Not less than. I want to show you the power of a mindset. But contrary wise, when they, that's the Jewish church, saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me, Paul, as the gospel of the circumcision was committed to who? Question. Was the gospel of the uncircumcision not committed to Peter? 14 years ago, God attempted to commit the gospel of the uncircumcision to and to expand the horizons of a man's mindset limited him to the gospel of the circumcision. I hope you know it had spread by now. And everybody was saying, Peter is the apostle to the circumcision. Oh, what a great man. You can build spiritual titles around the limitation and be celebrated for what is a limitation. Because even though it's a limitation, it's only God that will know that it's a limitation. So 14 years of doing ministry to the circumcision, a powerful man but in the truest, most original plan of God, God had given him the uncircumcision also. Next time you are shouting, more Lord, more Lord, say, Lord, before you bring more, walk on my mind. So what was celebrated was actually just a little portion of what could have been. That's not the most interesting part. Let's move on. Verse 8. For he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. God had to wait so long to find Paul. Paul was the most flexible person. It's not that Paul was the first. He was just the most flexible. He was just the most flexible. I want to show us something and then we pray. 
For many of us, we have a healthy secret place. The challenge is that the flexibility to allow God bypass our traditions. I'm not saying you move into error and move into all kinds of unguided expansions in the name of flexibility. No. But when you are certain that this is God, don't allow your tradition to cage you. Don't allow your tradition to limit what God can do in your life. I want to show you something very interesting. Galatians chapter 2, and then we pray. And when James, say first, that's verse 9. So when they perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and the circumcision. That's what I love about them. They acknowledged that it was a limitation. And they empowered those with the flexibility to do that assignment. If you are not going to be flexible, please, sir, don't stop those who are flexible enough to carry the next move of God. And Paul, too, quietly submitted his own revelation for their scrutiny. So in the name of flexibility, it doesn't mean you will run and say, my mind is renewed, my mind is renewed. Then you wear chains. Then you wear earring here. Then you do tattoo and say flexibility. No, sir. Submit it to the scrutiny of those who God used and is using to prepare the next generation for the next move. If you are blessed, say I'm blessed. Now, look at verse 11. That's the part that is very interesting. So they empowered them. They caused them to go to the uncircumcision. But when Peter was come to Antioch 14 years later, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Next verse. For before that certain came from James, he did it with the what? But when they were come, he remembered how they persecuted him 14 years. And what did he do? Fearing them which were of the 14 years of encounters. 14 years of his shadow healing the sick. 14 years of strange walkings. But that mindset had not left him. If you don't master your mind, your mind will master you. It can take decades. If you don't work on that limiting mindset, you will be shocked. Because it's not exactly a sin. Is it a sin not to preach to the... So, you will not address it with the level of vigor that it requires. Because to you, it's just a little issue. I pray that God grants us grace. But the good thing, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8 and then we pray. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8. This is Peter speaking now. At the penultimate years when he's about to round up his life. He's looking back on the, all the things that he had done in his life. 2 Peter chapter 2 
Sorry, 2 Peter 2, 8. I want to be sure. Sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. So this is Peter speaking now, towards the end of his life. This is Peter speaking. And you know 2 Peter chapter 1, he spoke a lot about knowledge. He spoke a lot about how the precious promises of God can give you your inheritance. And this is Peter speaking. He said, I'm beside this. Giving all diligence. Looking back at his life and taking stock. If you read 1 Peter chapter 1 and you read 2 Peter chapter 1, you will see the serious difference and the shift in his mindset. 1 Peter chapter 1, he talked about suffering, 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 suffering. How you endure, how you suffer. And then it was like, he now realized that Como. A good portion of what I suffered, if I knew what I know now, I would not have suffered. So 2 Peter chapter 2, he's just talking about knowledge, 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 knowledge. Tell your neighbor, say, work on your mind to avoid needless pain. He said, beside this, giving all diligence, please add to your faith. Add to your secret place. Add to your mindset. Do not believe that all you have is all there is. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue what? Knowledge. And to knowledge what? Temperance. He has now realized that temperance is... You don't go to VIPs and call them unclean. Because the help they were supposed to render to you, you will not get it, and then you will suffer needlessly. At temperance. And to temperance, what? And to patience, what? Next verse. And to godliness, what? And to brotherly kindness, what? This is the part that struck me, verse 8. For if all these things be in you, and they do what? They make you that you shall neither be or in the what? Of our... I submit to you humbly that Peter will have looked at certain areas that he didn't get the kind of results that he could and should have gotten. And he said, people of God, if you know the Lord, and what you know about the Lord has not brought the commensurate result, you need to add something to your knowledge of God. What is that something? Mastery over your Bow your heads very quickly. You can stand to your feet as we say this prayer. For some of you, the problem is you don't even have a quality secret place. Brokenness is absent. 
Yieldedness is absent. Restfulness is absent. Joyfulness is absent. No revelation, no obedience, no result. Some of you are going to cry and say, Oh God, fire in my secret place. Let's pray it. Fire in my secret place. Fire in my secret place, Lord God. Some of you are not broken enough. You need to announce to God your need for Him. Some of you need yieldedness. Hallelujah. When it comes to the subject of yieldedness, it is God that grants a man grace to lay his life down. Apostle calls it the power to lay down. You are going to ask God for grace. Oh God, grace to lay down my ambitions, to lay down my goals, to lay down my dreams, self, and to pick up your own burden. Begin to pray. I receive grace to lay down, not my will, but yours be done. She procotole Inside and outside, are you praying? Inside and outside, are you praying? Inside and outside, are you praying? She procotoshavalia. Ebreketele bandagaria. Zotondo belegede belegede barigede belegede baragadabe shade. Zotonde belegede ba. Zuto borekete shataya. In Jesus' name we pray. Hold the hand of the person next to you. We are going to cry to God for revelation. Insight for life. Insight for life. We are going to say, open my eyes, Lord. And show me the steps for my next level. Open my eyes, Lord. Grant me insight on the steps for my next level. Pray. Insight for my next level. Revelation for my next level. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be blessed? What must I do to prosper? What must I do to be healed? What must I do to rise? In Jesus' name we pray. The last prayer we are going to pray. Because by the grace of God, the quality of insights, the quality of encounters we receive in this place, there is fire on everybody's altar to a large extent. But you see this thing called mindset. It's so subtle. 
traditions of men, you may not even be aware that it is at work in your life because it's not exactly a sin. We are going to pray and say, oh God, anything limiting you in my belief system, I replace it with the word of God in the name of Jesus. Every aspect of my behavior, every aspect of my thinking, how I perceive, how I perceive that is limiting you. Building up yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Lift up your hands, I want to pray for you. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge. I challenge by the anointing of God's spirit every stronghold every mental configuration every mindset every perception that is attempting to limit the efficacy of god's work in your life i pull it down in the name of jesus lift up your head O ye gates and be ye lifted ye everlasting doors that the king of glory may come in Every area of your mind, your reasoning, your intellect, your perception that the devil has cunningly limited God in that area. I pull down that stronghold in the name of Jesus. I command from today that you see correctly, you perceive correctly. You think as God thinks in the name of Jesus. I don't care where the source of that tradition came from. I don't care the validity of that tradition. If it is expired and if it is limiting the next move of God in your life, I command it to pull down now in the name of Jesus. There is a spirit in man the inspiration of the Almighty maketh him of quick understanding. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light a candle. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Like a candle, light me, Lord, light me, Lord, light me, Lord, like a candle, light me, Lord, light me, Lord, light me, Lord. The Bible says that in the light of God we see light. I speak to everything in your being, and I speak as the servant of God. And I say to you, let there be light in the name of Jesus. 
let there be light in the name of Jesus. Every area where there is lack of clarity, ambiguity, vagueness, and it is limiting your speed, I command an influx of light in the name of Jesus. I place the word of God over your life and your destiny. God confirms his word with signs that will make you wonder. I speak a confirmation of this word with signs that will make you wonder. In the name of Jesus. As your mind shifts, your life upgrades. In the name of Jesus. I make it impossible for the limitations of yesterday to hold you down today. In the name of Jesus. Go and prosper. Go and prosper. Enter your next level of mastery. Mastery over life. Mastery with God. Mastery over your mind. Mastery over money. Mastery in your relationships. In the name of Jesus. I say it once again. Go and prosper. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus and give him praise. Before you sit down, there are some of you that you have never for once taken a step of brokenness to openly acknowledge your need for God. You have been ashamed for whatever reason. Maybe because of the sins you may have committed. Maybe because of the friends and the associations that you have. I want to give you an opportunity to come out. Please, no movement. I want to give you an opportunity to come out. And as an act of brokenness, the first step in creating a healthy secret place, come and give your life to Jesus. If there is anybody inside, outside, in the overflows, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, very quickly run to the front run to the altar let's encourage them don't look at your friend don't look at the people you came with run to the front and surrender your life to jesus come quickly come quickly we are waiting for you you need to give your life to jesus you need to repent of your sins and come run 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 i see you god bless you god bless you run to the front a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. A broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. Don't let your friends stop you. Don't let anybody stop you. Run and make your way to the front. God is waiting for you. God is eager to receive you. Come and get born again. Jepote Shata. Hallelujah to Jesus. There are more people. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. We celebrate your brokenness. Keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Very quickly, run, 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 run. It's a thing of joy. It's a thing of joy. I'm going to wait for two minutes for all those in the overflow to make their way to the front. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Precious saints, this is a fantastic step you are taking. Your life will change forever. Everybody you see here, there was a time they took this step. 
of brokenness to surrender their lives to Jesus. Put one hand on your heart and lift one hand to God. And say after me, say, Lord Jesus, this evening I come before you as a sign of brokenness. And I come and I say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. From today, I declare that I'm born again. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Satan, I renounce you and your kingdom. I belong to Jesus. I am a child of God. I am born again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Let me pray for you. This step you have taken, you are now born again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children. They've come with broken and contrite hearts. Thank you for receiving them. Thank you for washing them clean with your blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you for birthing your spirit in them. Thank you for the new birth. They are born again. I give you thanks, Father. My sister, look at me. Lift up your hand. My sister, look at me. I want you to know that the power of God is coming upon you and God will use you mightily. Mightily, 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 mightily. Listen to me, precious saints and people of God. Each and every one of you, God will use you mightily. Satan, let her go now in the name of Jesus. Let her go now in the name of Jesus. Let her go now in the name of Jesus. God is going to use you powerfully. If you look behind you, you'll see a gentleman waving his hand. I want you to follow him very quickly. He's going to receive you and show you more excellently the things you need to do now that you are born again. Please, let's put our hands together for them. Help that lady. Let's put our hands together for them. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. You can take your seats. If this is your very first time of worshiping with us here in Koinonia physically, some of you traveled from outside and within just to make it to fellowship with us physically here at Koinonia. If you're fellowshipping with us for the very first time, I want you to stand up. I want you to take your bags. I want you to take your belongings and make your way very proudly to the front. For those of you in the overflows, you may want to just make your way to the front of your projector stand. Koinonia, is this how we celebrate grace? We prayed for them to come and God brought them here. Koinonia is a place of pilgrimage where God brings people from within and outside the country to come and fellowship and to go with a portion of the great and mighty things God is doing here. Let's celebrate them. Let's honor them. We're glad you came. Hallelujah. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. You're welcome. I want to welcome you especially on behalf of Apostle Joshua Selman. He's not in the house this evening. 
but he sends his warmest regards and his warmest greetings and his warmest blessings. Koinonia is a place of pilgrimage. It's a meeting put together by Eternity Network International. And we meet here every Friday, apart from when we have sometimes our services here on Sunday, like we're doing today. But we meet here every Friday, 5.30. We kick off for miracle service some, um, Fridays and then 6 for other Fridays. So you're very welcome. I know some of you traveled a long way just to be here. And God is going to reward your sacrifice with a sign and a wonder. Koinonia family, let's stretch our hands towards them. And let's pray. They will not need to tell people that they came here. They will go back with the evidence and the aura of coming into the portal called Koinonia. I pray for you. Some of you are pastors. Some of you are ministers. And I know that you will carry the fire back. Koinonia, let's bless them. We are blessed people. Let's bless them. Every challenge you came to this place with, you leave it at this altar. You go back free in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your children who have come all the way to fellowship with us. I speak over each and every one of them. They receive a testimony that produces extraordinary fruitfulness in their lives. In the name of Jesus, you will not need to tell anybody you came to Koinonia. The God and the covenant in this place will speak over your life and situation. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you that head ministries that run or pastor fellowships or moves of God receive fresh fire. Take fresh fire back to your fellowships, to your churches, to your ministries in the name of Jesus. The God that we serve in this place will do you good in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. I want you to know that for those of you who came, our messages preached by Apostle Joshua Selman, our father, are available if you look towards my right which is your left behind you that's the media stand you can go there after the service with your flash drives and your devices to download the messages for free hallelujah to jesus so look behind you you see a gentleman waving his hand you see a lady waving her hand kindly follow them and they will welcome you more warmly on our behalf koinonia family let's celebrate them as they go hallelujah to jesus We believe you are mightily blessed. To connect with the ministry and get more from Apostle Joshua Selman, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Koinonia ENI. To stream Koinonia Live, go to mixler.com forward slash And download the teachings on koinoniasermons.org. For questions and inquiries, call 0814 721 4444 or 0906 